Hello and welcome to the All Terrain Podcast, brought to you by the Youth and Children's Ministry Unit of the Salvation Army in the United Kingdom and Ireland Territory. My name is Matt White and in each episode I'll be inviting a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real life journey to this point. Along the way, they'll make four choices and answer four questions. In this episode, our guest is Major Diana McDonald. Diana is an officer of the Salvation Army in Pakistan. She currently serves as the divisional commander of the Kanawal Division, where she's assisted by her husband, Major McDonald Chandy. This is a really great episode. I've had the pleasure and privilege of knowing Diana for a few years now, and I was so excited to catch up with her, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Hello, Diana. Welcome to the Altering Podcast. Hello, mates. Thank you. It's so lovely to see you. You're talking to me right now from Pakistan. Whereabouts in Pakistan are you right now? I'm in Khaniwal. It is towards south of Pakistan. And before that, um, you were very close to me here in Chelmsford in Essex. You and your husband spent a number yeah. of years here in Chelmsford and, and it was wonderful. So it's it's lovely to see you. If people listening have had the chance to meet Diana, you will you will know uh, just what a wonderful, warm welcome you always get from you. And it's 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 the same even on Zoom. I, I always remember every yeah. time every time we made it down to the to the core in Chelmsford, you always just made us feel so wonderfully welcome. And it's lovely to see you again. It really, it really is a pleasure. Thank you. Now, you, you left Chelmsford, obviously, then to return to Pakistan, which is your, your home territory. What is it that, that you do there? What's your role in Pakistan right now? As divisional commander of Khanewal Division. And and we're going to talk a bit about change and everything as we go through. And I'm, I'm sort of, I'm itching to ask you lots of questions, but I know that they're coming down the track. So you can probably see in my face, I'm really eager to ask you some things about where you are. But I also know that the questions I'm about to ask you are going to unpack so much of that story. So you're married to McDonald. Yeah. Uh, what about your family? So tell me a little bit about your family. Well, we have two girls, and one is Cynthia, who is a chartered accountant mm-hmm. and working as IFSA trainer with IHQ, wow. and, and she's married. And then the other one is Sarah, who has done her master's studies in hotel and tourism management. Mm-hmm. And just recently, she got her master's result. So she's looking for a job right now, these wow. days. Amazing. And and a, a little bit then, I guess, about um, your upbringing. Were you, were you born into the Salvation Army? Was it something you discovered? How did you find the Salvation Army? Yeah, actually, I'm third generation in the Salvation wow. Army. My grandparents were in the Salvation Army. They were officers. Then my parents were officers. And then it's me. Wow. So Salvation Army is not new to me. It's just like my home. Wow. And and um, tell us a little bit about your husband as well and what he does and what he does in Pakistan. Yeah, right now he is assistant divisional commander. So we both are working together. Wow. And uh, before we got married, I'm actually a cardiology nurse. Ah. And my husband is a hoteling man. So he was a manager for front office. So, but our marriage is arranged marriage. Wow. So, but we are having a, a real happy life. Wow. It's now more than 30 years we are married. Yeah, it actually came my father. He transferred as divisional commander to uh, south of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. So then we, me and my sister, we were along with them. And there we met his family. And this is how we got married. This was completely mm-hmm. arranged marriage. My father and his father, they became friends. And so we met and got married. Wow. It was very unknown to me, but I, no, I know him. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, 30, 30 years, I bet you do, right? Oh, you know yeah. everything by now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Diana, before we get started on the questions, uh, we've got to make mm-hmm. our, two of our choices. So this is a hypothetical mm-hmm. hike we're doing together. So where are mm-hmm. we going to be walking? Where are you taking me on this hike? Uh, I think among the fields. This is what it's here. Nowadays, mm-hmm. we're planted, planting wheat here. So let's assume we are walking in the fields. Wow. So now that's the fields around you where you are. So give us a little bit, yeah. I guess, more context about where we are. So you're in the south of, you said you're in the south of Pakistan. Tell me a yeah. bit about the region, maybe what it's famous for. Or what is it? What does it even look like? What would I encounter when I arrived with you? It looks like uh, because uh, there are so many fields of cotton and mm. wheat. So it's, it's purely actually a village type area. Okay. Where people, they plant crops. So this is how it looks. It's not, it's not a city and uh, there are not so many facilities here, Yeah. but still people, they, their earning is their farmers yeah. and they just work in a field and this is all. The harvest is good, I can say. This is one of the good mm. things here. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And, and what would I be likely to see along the way? There are uneven roads and you can see so many carts and donkey carts, animal carts and yeah, it's a bumpy wow. road. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Well, that's all right. I'm okay with bumpy roads. That's all right. There's a lot of bumpy roads in Ireland where I'm from, so I'm okay with bumpy roads. I'm good on bumpy roads. Um, no, uh, we're bringing we're bringing some people with us. Obviously, you and I are there, but you get to bring your kind of dream company for the walk. So it's one mm. living, one dead, one fictional. So who is coming with us? Who is living? Mm. You can say an old friend of me, an old best mm. friend of me. Mm. I can think of that. Who is accompanying us in this journey? And how long have you known that person? Are they, are they, are they? Ah, no. When I was doing my nursing, so it's more oh, than wow. 30 years. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So one of your oldest friends. Okay. And then someone who has, someone who's died, who's our kind of dead person coming with us on the walk? It'd be my mother. And what, and your, did you say your, your mother was a Salvation Army officer as well? Yeah, she was. And, and where did they serve? Did they serve in Pakistan or did they serve further afield as well? They served in Pakistan plus they served in Canada. Wow. Because it's interesting, isn't it, when you meet children of Salvation Army officers who have become Salvation officers, how mm. how much do you think your 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 mother's influence kind of resonates through your own officership and service? Do you see her in yourself? Do you see things that you learned from growing up, or was it more kind of a I'm not going to do it like that? No, no, no. I see herself in me mm. because you know the life we passed with our parents, especially with my mother, mm. was wasn't so easy. Actually, at that time, there were limited resources mm. and limited facilities, but mm. still we can see the passion wow. in, in their lives for making disciples. Mm. And uh, when I see no, we have so many resources, facilities, comparatively yeah. talking at yeah. that time. But yeah. still, sometimes we are overloaded with other things and discipleship sometimes we don't take that passion with us, that commitment which I used to see in my mother. But still, because I have seen them working hard, so yeah. I try to be like them. I must acknowledge I can't be her. I cannot be her, but yeah, I'm still following her footsteps. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And then a fictional character. Who's our fictional character who's coming with us? Yeah, who can be? 
Uh, I actually watch so many vampires movies and all. I love oh. that. Okay. <laughs> I just don't know. But uh, there is an actor, Jackie Chan. I oh, love yes. him. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. He just, yeah, he just inspires me. It fascinates yeah. me a lot with his acting. Yeah. Yeah, and his discipline as well. I mean, I think to be... Yeah. To be that good at something like martial arts, to be that good at that, and also then to be that dedicated to the craft of acting, that's just like, whoa, right? That's just... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a brilliant lineup, and I'm fascinated to, to, to go on this hypothetical hike with you. So every guest on the Altering podcast answers the same four questions. So Diana, here's the first one for you. How do you hmm. face change? Well, I'm open to change, actually. Uh, with this mindset, it becomes a little easier to accept and face mm. the changing circumstances. Mm. Of course, it's never easy. Mm. Uh, it takes time and all the energy, but I feel it's not impossible mm. to face it. Only if we are willing to do so. Mm. And our willingness and willpower is the key, what I feel. Wow, willingness and willpower. Wow. What a what a beautiful answer. I, <laughs> I, I said when we started that there are so many things I wanted to talk to you about, probably change in particular, because of the journey that that you guys have gone on. But you you land in Chelmsford in Essex from Pakistan, and then you serve here in this particular context here in the UK, and then you go back to Pakistan. And those are two giant changes. Absolutely. T tell me, tell me, I guess let's do them one at a time. So the, the landing, because I've heard you and your husband both talk about this so powerfully. Tell me about those first few days, weeks, months when you get to the UK and just how different it was being, I guess, a Salvation Army officer here to where you had been previously. Um, it, it was very diff difficult and different. Mm -hmm. Actually, we already served in UK, but that was an office life at IHQ. Mm -hmm. Mm. But when we came to the core, the life was entirely different mm. because you are leading to people mm. who don't know your culture mm. and you are just ministering them, mm. keeping and respecting their norms and values and keeping your norms mm. and value and just yeah. to balance them together. And yeah. still, because you are called by God and you have to minister. So our covenant is same, no matter in whatever culture we are. Yeah. We are Salvation Army officers. So keeping all those balances, it was difficult. Mm. But I think we managed it. As I said, I, I'm always willing to accept the challenges and change. So yeah. I wasn't, that was not that difficult for me. And I must say, uh, support and love of Champsfordians, uh, Champsford Corps, I miss it. I still mm. miss them a lot. Oh, and that actually, <laughs> that actually helped us. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? Because uh, something you just said there is so, so profound to me, that sense that your covenant, that promise you made, hmm. really doesn't change in terms of what the base note foundational Absolutely. value is, yeah. whether you hmm. are where you are now in Pakistan hmm. or whether you're at IHQ in an office or... What would you say was was maybe the biggest challenge and the biggest learning in that in that experience of going from, um, but yeah, particularly from from Pakistan to then to the office at IHQ, but then but then to the core. What would you say was was maybe one of the biggest challenges and the biggest learning? The biggest challenge was um, 
Salvation Army hymns. Mm. Because we don't use those hymns and the, the, that songbook. That was so new for us. Wow. And uh, especially, you know, the difficult thing was when we are preparing our sermon, we know the need, yeah. we are preparing that. Yeah. But how to put our songs with those sermons? So that was a biggest challenge. But then we used to read the songs. We go through the index and try yeah. to see that very, very time consuming. Yeah. Because songs were not known to us. We, we can sing. There were a few songs we know, but we used to sing yeah. them in, Urdu, in our own language. Yeah. But this, that, the songbook is not changed and we are still with the same one in our country. So that wow. was the biggest and you know, when your songs are hymns, they go with your sermon. Yeah. Music talks. It, it does talk to people. Yeah. So, so that was a huge challenge, I must say. At least for a year after mm -hmm. that, we, are, we weren't used to. And whenever we were singing, I used to make my notes. Okay, this song, it talks about this. So whenever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it must have been interesting as well, because I guess what that meant was you were often then probably choosing songs that might have even been lesser known to the congregation. Because if you were choosing them based solely on their lyrics and, mm. and how they link, that must have been a really fascinating experience then. Because the congregation must have been going, where's this song come from? It's yeah. like, that's really, but but there's something, there's almost something really lovely about that in a change sense. Because in a way you come into a place that um, that knows the songs and you go, well, I don't. So we're going to do these ones because yes. I'm going to view this songbook as a different resource to perhaps how other people do. That that must have been a beautiful learning for both you guys and for the, the congregation as well. That That's fascinating. Yes, that's true. But we learned patience. Patience mm. is already my gift. But I think I practice patience more than ever. <laughs> now, you've just said something that I am going to have to ask you more about because... I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say patience is my gift before. No, it, it is my That's a really compelling thought. And, mm. and one that I guess probably then means that for those of us listening, for those of us that maybe go, oh, I'm just an impatient person. Maybe that's not a good enough response, right? Maybe we just need to, because that, that cultivating of, of, of patience as a gift is a deeper work. That's not just about, that's not just about biting your tongue whenever someone says something or it's more than that it's it's an overflow yeah. of depth it is it is yeah and the more you practice the better person you come in so this is Absolutely. what i think happened with me <laughs> I, I this might be a silly question but did it take less time to kind of um re kind of uh, re recalibrate to being back in pakistan than it did to calibrate to being in the uk or or was it was it a big shift still in terms of going back home it was, it was a big shift. And mm. I must say that I think it took more time. It took really? more time to come back and settle into your own culture. It took more time. Wow, that's, that's really true. interesting. That is true. Yeah, because there was a gap, a huge yeah. gap. And yeah. when you come back, even the same offices, and yeah. you just see that there is some kind of hesitation. There's some kind yeah. of not openness. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, there was, I think this was more than Chelmsford. And this is not the first time, Matt, this is not the first time we experienced when we served in at IHQ for three years mm -hmm. and we came back to our country, mm -hmm. we felt the same thing. Mm -hmm. Coming back to your own culture 
it takes much more time than going to some other culture and settling there. It, it does. It does take more time. And, and I think the thing you've said already about that underlying sense of covenant, that shared promise, mm. just strikes me as really hugely fundamental <laughs> to the change. Yeah, that's mm. wonderful. Uh, question two is, how do we move through suffering? Well, by his grace only. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, otherwise, it is impossible to move through it. Hmm. Um, personally, I have the capacity to absorb suffering, challenges and disappointments, hmm. as I touched a little bit before. Hmm. I feel his grace has always surrounded me to push myself through the situation. So... I completely depend on his grace and it has never, never failed me. Never. What what does that look like in terms of because I guess people would often say, yeah, that's fine in the in the good times. I can depend on 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 God in, in those moments. But in those moments of disappointment and suffering, I guess what is it that you've done to cultivate that spirit in those suffering moments? Um, are there things, are there, are there practices or disciplines or, or ways in which you, you've cultivated that around you? I think just uh, by involving myself, by spending time with people, mm. like in Chelmsford, we're having so many core activities rather than our uh, worship day. So just being with people, mm. listening to them mm. and uh, just building my trust and building deeper relation with them, that actually helped me. That is the thing. And you would be surprised that Wednesday was our parents and toddler day. How much of all those little toddlers they were engaged <laughs> with. Yeah. Uh, I just love that day. And uh, when you see those little ones coming and running to you and just you are walking with them and I'm, I guess I'm, it's intriguing because you you start your life as a as a cardiology nurse and then mm. you go into salvation Army officer. I guess in both of those settings, you you had the um, capacity, I guess, to see people in moments of great suffering, whether that was uh, people themselves or, or maybe even patients around them. And then as an officer, like you say, people naturally will want to come to you as a leader when when they are suffering. I, I, I was that because you because you also said about how you have a tremendous capacity to take it on was that something you've always known about yourself that you were someone from whom people could come to in those moments yes yes i was quite uh, clear for that mm. and you know when i once i was just analyzing myself and when i was in cardiology still we were looking after hearts of the patients <laughs> but still <laughs> but when i came as an officer in the army still my ministry was same and I can apply those learnings with my ministry. Yeah. So, yeah, I always find I was very clear mm. that um, I can be with people and I can be trusted. And uh, mm. in the same way, the wise words, I open my heart to them. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was about to ask you, because... Mm sometimes that kind of caring ministry and we see this but you know particularly this last few years with the global pandemic where we've had friends who have been in the medical profession or or carers mm. or, or or all those things mm. it can take a toll on the other person so even though you can absorb it or be there for someone that does there is a cost to that 
How do you ensure that you you continue to strengthen yourself, to build yourself up and to ensure that that you're also able to do that? What are the things that you've learned along the years about doing that for yourself? You know, uh, I think we had quite a huge support from our retired officers mm. at Chelmsford. Mm. I must say that and I must acknowledge that and we value their support. Mm. being with us and helping in all those circumstances mm. and then we were in our final year when uh, Kirsten and Owen they were made our mentors mm. so that that was a time then mm. we were we opened our hearts and uh, mm. we got the support which we actually needed mm. because we needed pastoral care and all this because we were providing pastoral care yeah. to everyone but we needed as well from someone yeah. And that actually restore our strength. Yes. And there's so much wisdom in that, because, again, I think, you know, for people listening, whether they're core officers or whether they're youth leaders mm -hmm. or whether they're people who are volunteers working in a, in a mm -hmm. local setting, it's so easy to get to a point of giving out and giving out and giving out and giving out and, and not necessarily building the support or even the community around yourself to, to be looked after. Mm. And, and, I, and I think, you know, sometimes, particularly for church leaders and Salvation Army officers, that that can almost be like, oh, no, we shouldn't we shouldn't do that. We should be OK on our own. But actually, the acknowledgement <laughs> that that's so important, yeah. uh, that's huge, isn't it? No, no, Matt, we are not OK on our own. Let me tell you. Mm. Trust me, we are not OK. Mm. We do need someone. Yeah. As we say, that everyone needs some kind of shoulder. Yeah. So, no, we do need. Yeah, I think that I, I, I love I love that picture of 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 kind of people kind of gathering around to support one another. I think that's so important. And, I, and again, I think for all of us, no matter what we do or how we serve or where we are, mm. that acknowledgement that we need it. I think yeah, it's amazing how many people try to do it on their own, but actually that acknowledgement that we need it and and being willing to ask for it, I guess, as well, right? That's important. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Really important. Mm. When you're now in the role you're in now, which I guess is looking after officers and corps and centres and places um, and places where you are, um, mm. I guess that the responsibility there might be for even more and more to kind of come your way. In what ways have you seen the grace of God sustain you and others through suffering in your latest appointment where you are? Yeah, here, because... Uh... We don't have many resources or facilities. Mm. And when we see our officers still with the smiling faces, they are doing, they are ministering in their mm. areas. So, and there are so many challenges. Mm. I could say uh, political challenges or mm. economical challenges. Mm. Uh, it's Islamic Republic of Pakistan as minority. There's so many challenges. And when you still see that how committed and devoted our officers are and still working mm. with the people, and you just say, oh, it's only the grace who is just leading us to mm. fulfill our covenant mm. again. I think otherwise, uh, otherwise, if you think of the people who are having everything, mm. but still not satisfied, are still not mm. comfortable, mm. still they are searching for something. Mm. And here you see people who are committed, covenanted, they're very little, but still they say, thank God for what mm. we have. The contentment, I must say, mm. is the contentment. Yes, we're going to come back to that. 
because because mm. I, 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 I've said already, but I heard you guys talk about things like that a number of times when you were in the UK and I was always really yeah. challenged and moved by them. So I want to come back to it, um, but let's pause for a sec because we've got to do our third choice. And that is that on this walk, we are allowed some music. Now, you've talked about music and singing and songs already, but when it's just you and your headphones or you and the speakers, what do you mm. like to listen to? Uh, I actually usually listen. This is an uh, Indian uh, singing group. They sing Christian hymns. Mm-hmm. It's a Living Stones Quartet. Okay. If you go on the website, you just listen and they're yep. beautiful. And uh, one of their songs is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Mm-hmm. It just touches me. Mm-hmm. In whatever situation we are, in joys, in sorrows, mm-hmm. in challenges, mm-hmm. in doubts and fears mm. whatever just turn your eyes upon jesus mm. you just listen to them and you will enjoy them. Mm. so they are my favorite i think group of people when i mm. now, pakistan obviously has its own rich musical cultural heritage how much yes. of that, how much of that um is evident i guess in the salvation army what does salvation army musical worship look like in in pakistan it looks like we don't have brass bands mm-hmm. but uh, in many churches now we see keyboards Okay. But actually, we play harmonium and tabla. Ah, okay. That is a cultural, or especially in village areas, yeah. those are the instruments we play. And people, they just enjoy those drums. And yeah. it's beautiful. Actually, when they worship, they just worship. They clap. and It's beautiful. It sounds wonderful. It just uplifts. Are you, are you musical? I never asked. I've never asked you. Are you musical? Did you, did you play? <laughs> no, no, did you I'm... sing? No, McDonald is. I'm not. Oh. He plays harmonium. He can play uh-huh. keyboard because wow. the, the keys are similar, very yeah. similar. Yeah. He can play even piano. Wow. And you see, the good thing is without music, if once he um, listens the tune, he's able to play. Oh, really? Oh, that's I a can't. <laughs> well, when so I we ask don't you... use music. <laughs> When I asked you if you're musical, you laughed. And that's usually a good sign that someone knows what's coming on the other side. I didn't know, but your your laughter tells me all I need to know. That's fine. That's good. You you compliment each other in those ways, I guess. Yes, we do. We do. <laughs> but I love um, listening music. I love mm. listening, but I'm not a musician. Uh, now, now uh, question three is this. How do you receive joy? Uh, you see, Matt, there is a difference between being happy and joyful. Hmm. Happiness is temporary mm. and can come and go. But joy lasts forever mm. as it is felt from within. Mm. There may be circumstances that make me unhappy mm. in my life. But being around friends, family, nature, continuous eagerness to walk with God keeps that candle of joy burning inside of me. Wow. And it keeps me lit even during the darkest time of my life. So this is, I think, this is how I receive joy. The candle of joy inside of you. What a, what a beautiful mm. image. You talked about contentment and how seeing yeah. that where you are, where resources are often much less, where challenges are often really high. Mm. for those of us who haven't experienced that for those of us who have lived very comfortable lives how do you keep that candle burning when when sometimes resources uh, 
situation, context, all of that is so difficult. How do you keep that candle burning? You know, met somehow God, he gives his grace to cope with those things. Mm. To be able to see the resources around you. You can see, mm. okay, if let's talk about electricity. If it's not there, but there is mm. something, the candles are there to lit. There is always a little kind of hope. It's just when you become hopeless, then you don't see anything. The contentment, it does come to you somehow. It's just you need to turn your eyes around and you just need to see what is there in this darkest room, our darkest place. And there is always something, maybe a very little, maybe very invisible, but there is something. So somehow, God shows that. Oh, I love that. I love that. There's always something. It as is long always. as you can see something, you've got. That's hope, the right? thing. You need that. You need that eye to see that. Mm. Sometimes things are just there, but we don't see them. Yes. If you just need an eye to see those minor little things, which can bring a huge hope. To your life you talked in your first answer about willingness and willpower when it comes to change and now and now in this answer you're talking about almost like you have to you have to want to see it right it's like it's yeah. there but you have to you have to choose to see it because it, it, like you say it might not be the thing you thought it was going to be but mm. it's something there and and i guess that's so true when it comes to this idea of joy mm. because like you say it's so deep within us and sometimes when circumstances seem bleak or dark or when circumstances seem like oh it's a real active choice then to look and to seek out joy in that moment I guess right yeah that's true that's true it's just made like uh, when our loved ones they just promote to promote to glory or they leave mm. us mm. I don't think so there is anyone who feels happy mm. but if we are a Christian walking with the Lord then there is a joy. Mm. The missing is there. Mm. It's, it will be always there. And mm. I experienced that when I lost my mother mm. in 2014. And uh, I wasn't happy. Mm. But still there was a joy in my heart that mm. she is with the Lord. Mm. So wow. these experiences, they just tell you. The joy, it's its inside. It lasts forever. Mm. And that even enables you to help other people, to encourage other people when they are struggling. Yes, I, I think that's really interesting because that, that's sort of where I wanted to ask was about then for you then in when you are supporting your officers in Pakistan when you are supporting your soldiers and your Salvation Army members there how important is it for you to be able to point them and direct them in that direction when things can look difficult and hard how much is that a part of your role do you think I think almost every day something is there mm. we are talking about that mm. because uh, our officers they just completely depend on us so when they share those things, so almost every other day we're saying, no, wow. 
is that is that is there is this thing is there is this so somehow we bring them and they answer i said oh so you see that yeah so that tells us that resources were there somebody was there yeah. but was not seen by them so when you do digging questions to them yeah. so they say oh yes okay yeah so this yeah, is how we good. learn and we are in a way training them as well mm. just look at the things which are around you mm. Mm. sometimes we go if we get this thing then this would have been better or like this mm. no but there are little things mm. and i think uh, one step at a time is another thing and mm. you see little things and try mm. to walk towards uh, then in your to your two stints in the uk both at ihq and then and then in chelmsford yeah. I, I guess then um how how what was it like then whenever resources were more available because i guess the difference and you i heard you speak about this in the past the difference was quite stark at times in terms of what was available to you you yeah. know hq is a beautiful office chelmsford is a beautiful core uh you know with lots of great people and you know th these are two places in which resources aren't necessarily light in those ways yeah. what does how does what impact does that have on you when when you go from places where resourcing in the traditional sense might be quite low to resourcing is really available uh, i think again as i said earlier uh, the change is not difficult for me mm. i know if i'm if i when i was in uk all those resources were there so i thank god for that mm. but when i came here and i don't see those things there i still thank god mm. because the god is never changed the salvation mm. army is never changed mm. in uk we were serving the people in pakistan we are serving the people we are serving the same salvation army mm. same god and it's the same covenant Mm. I think we live by our covenant a lot. Time yeah. to time, we remind ourselves, yeah. and I think this is how we are still. I could say God's strength and energy. Yeah. yeah, because that really helps us to walk in the challenges. Well, that that's going to lead us very nicely to our last question. But before we go there, I've got to ask mm -hmm. you to make one more choice, which is what's coming in our snack bag. What are, what are we bringing? What are we eating on this journey? I love sandwiches and salads. So, oh, yeah, we get so many fresh vegetables and cabbages, and so I love salad. That oh. that's my. So sandwiches and salads. So inside the what's gonna what's your favorite sandwich filling? What's going in there for you? What do we have? It's uh, chicken and corn. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> and then the salad, because obviously people say salad and it can mean a million things in a million different places. So, yeah. talk me through your if you if because I'm gonna have to share this with you because I've got no food on me at all. So, if I'm sharing your salad, what's what's in there for me? Okay, my salad is with cabbage, mm -hmm. with tomato, cucumber. Yeah, yeah. and uh, if I get because baby spinach is time to time some it's a seasonal thing. So okay. if I get that, my choice. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Cucumber, tomatoes, cabbage, okay, carrot. Wonderful. Well, that that sounds very delicious. I'm looking forward to that one. That sounds like a lot of fun. And can we eat along the way as well? Will you know? Will some of uh, will some of your local farmers? Will they want me to try some stuff along the way? Will I be getting stuff to try and, and eat as we go? Yeah, people are very hospitable here. So okay. when we are walking, maybe if someone is eating something, they will just do you want. So they are always there to serve. Oh, I'm very happy with that. Hospitality is remarkable in Pakistan. People have very little, but still they love to serve others. They can do anything. Wow. That, that's and, and, our a gift. 
Yeah, well, I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because again, it's it's different where you go. I would say even, you know, across in, in a country or a nation, hospitality varies across the world and across different it places. Does, but, yeah. but, I, but I think there's something... I mean, I'm from I'm from Northern Ireland, and and you know you don't you don't leave my mum and dad's house without without being full, even if they only offered you a cup of tea. You're walking out with a load of stuff in your pocket. So, so I've always kind of resonated uh, with cultures that kind of like to feed and like to you know really kind of you know uh, and make people know they're welcome. You know, so yeah, that sounds that's... good to me. So okay, so I've got sandwiches, I've got salad from you, and then on the way, you're promising me some wonderful uh, hospitality as well. So that sounds like a great trip. Yep, wonderful. Now, I said I wanted to, to link to this last question because mm-hmm. all the way through this episode, Diana, it's become incredibly clear that the, your covenant is something that you speak about often, that you think about often, and that uh, has has really journeyed with you. And, th- and this question is, mm-hmm. how do you mature in service? Yeah, with experience and age, mm. seeing real life experiences of people around me. Mm no matter their officers or soldiers mm. are non-Christians even. Then I think reading books and scripture itself mm. with a different view than usual. Mm. Mm. Then it also opens up my mind to expose myself to uh, versatile possibilities of life and it's happening. And additionally, I think working continuously has kept my muscles stronger physically, socially, and emotionally. Mm. What else? And I feel I'm ready to take and accept challenges that would Mm. become difficult otherwise. Mm. So I'm still ready. So, And then I feel being idle can have a very negative impact on my life. If I'm sitting for nothing, then it will have a very negative impact on my life. Mm. The discouragement that comes with it mm. can make us feel useless. So instead of maturing, we start to decline. So I'm always there to do something, to work, to make myself active. Yeah. Whether it's my ministry, my home, or wherever I am, mm. I'm always doing something. <laughs> that's really interesting what was were you like that as a child did you when you were when you were growing up were you one of those children that was always kind of active always busy always yes something going on? yeah mm. I was very active I was a very very active child mm. uh, in yeah, school at home and mm. in my nursing even in my mm. young age yeah I was mm. very very active Mm. At one time, I can manage two, three, two, three things together wow. if I'm working. <laughs> oh, man. So. I can just about manage three things in a whole day. I mean, I can't do three at the same time. <laughs> oh, no, I somehow I discipline myself. I'm wow. quite good in managing time. So mm. maybe. How, how, I, guess, I guess the experiences you've had then from you know, from, from being the child of an officer who traveled and, and, and moved around with mm. parents, then uh, starting a career, getting married, starting a family, the experiences you've had and around, how would you, how would you say you've seen yourself mature? What changes can you track in yourself to this point that you would say have been uh, influential for you? Hmm. It's a difficult question. I never actually realized. <laughs> 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 I just think that, uh, uh, 
there was a time I was seeing those things like that and now I see them differently. So that tells me that I'm mature now. Yeah. Because maybe I was a childish at that time. And sometimes I think if at that time I would have done that decision would have led me to different direction. Mm. But now I'm able to think and to respond things. Mm. Um, I think wisely. Somehow I feel I got more wisdom than before. So there were times you just react, but no, you no, just take a pause. Yeah. And then just respond to the situations. So, uh, I think I have learned that. I see that in me. Mm. I'm not reacting to the situations. I'm responding. Yeah, that's such an important difference as well, isn't it? Mm. That's such a huge yes. difference. And, and in many ways, it can look very small. Because actually yeah. the difference between reacting and responding isn't, mm. isn't, you know, doesn't often isn't the kind of the giant yeah. thing. But actually in reality it is a giant thing because that shift of posture and yeah that is that is huge and i liked what you said as well about changing opinions and mind on things because again that's very important that inability to change our mind or our opinions is yeah. probably a sign of immaturity whereas uh, like you say when you mature in service then then you're able to kind of change and and, and be flexible in that yeah and there was another thing i wasn't a good listener if I think of my previous experience, but now with the age, with the experience, I have become a good listener. I, I give more time to listening than talking. But there was a time, my childhood and in my youth, I wasn't so good in listening things. If someone is talking, I'm just jumping or interrupting that. But no, with the time I learned, no. It's equally important to listen to someone if I want to be heard by someone. Mm, mm. So that's another thing. Yeah, I've become more a good listener. This is another change I feel myself. Yeah, what a huge, what a hugely important difference that makes to allow, yeah, to, for people to be heard. Like that's so important. Diana, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you again. Um, it is uh, lovely to see you. It's great to catch up. I, like I've said so many times, but I will say it again, I, I always enjoyed catching up with you when, when you were based here oh, in the UK. Oh, sure. Same, Matt. I'm still feeling you're entering to the gems when we are there. We, we really loved the moments we got to share with you. I, I, and more than that, I loved sitting under your ministry. And yeah, I want to say thank you to you both for your your gentleness and your love and your kindness because it, it flowed out of you and we received it. So thank you so much. It was always a, a pleasure to do that. And thanks for being on the podcast today. God bless you. Well, another huge thank you to Major Diana McDonald for joining us here on the Altering Podcast. I'm sure you'll agree, a fabulous episode, packed full of wisdom, and I know you're going to want to listen to it again, because I certainly will be. That's it for this episode, but don't forget to share the podcast across your social media channels. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you could give the show a rating or write us a review. All those things help us get the show heard by even more people. And you can also now access our brilliant sketch notes and small group questions that accompany each episode. Just search for the Alter In podcast or click the link in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next time with another guest who'll be facing the four choices, answering the four questions and sharing their wisdom learned along the way on the Alter In podcast. <laughs>